is Welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and this show's about your rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard of and care about, would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Every year, more and more personal rights are erased from the books while Americans stand idly by. Not because we don't care, of course we care, but because our lives are busy enough trying to feed our families and raise our kids. While we're busying ourselves with life, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us, sort of like that frog that gets boiled without ever knowing it. On this show, we discuss legal issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We'll take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts, to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around. Today we'll be reaching out to New York, New York, to visit with Joanne Dorishow, Executive Director of the Center for Justice and Democracy, a nonpartisan public interest awareness group. Let's dive right in and get wet. Americans have become accustomed to receiving medical technology that, frankly, is the best in the world. Since the latter half of the 20th century, we have benefited from the type of cutting-edge science and revolutionary breakthroughs that well, frankly, at one point in our history, would have been called witchcraft by every newspaper in the land. Indeed, of all the nations in the world, America is not such a bad place to live if you have a medical problem. We have hospitals around every corner, and we save lives with science that is as mysterious as the famous tricorder that Dr. Bones McCoy used in the 1960 Star Trek series. Medical device manufacturers are constantly in a race to produce better artificial knees, heart valves, pacemakers, fusion devices. But sometimes the race to be in first place comes with a price. Auto racers know the feeling. They know that they have to carefully weigh the pro of setting a world record with the con of crashing and burning during the attempt. This risk analysis is what keeps our technology safe and ensures that its growth is matched by the safety concerns that our society demands. For generations, medical device manufacturers have been constrained to not only make products that work, but to also ensure that these products are safe to use. In order to keep the device manufacturers acting in the best interests of patients, a system of accountability, checks, and balances has been in place for over 100 years. This system is a mixture of federal FDA guidelines for the manufacturing process and the civil justice system which provides the incentive for doing the right thing. Companies who choose, ladies and gentlemen, to violate the standards of the community where they sell their products have to be prepared to answer to juries. And they have to do this if what they did was trade patient safety in exchange for profits. Now, this is the same civil justice system that keeps all people accountable for their actions. And until recently, here's how the system worked. Medical device companies had a duty to make devices safe for patients. If they didn't, they could be brought to court. But in February of 2008, the U.S. Supreme Court held that medical device manufacturers could not be sued, could not be sued for selling a dangerous medical device as long as they obtained pre-marketing approval from the FDA. But the FDA cannot possibly discover all the inherent dangers that the manufacturers themselves certainly are in a better position to know. Instead, the FDA is merely an overseer, not some omniscient agency which can universally protect the 
the public uh, from the medical device companies who know of dangers, hide them, get them approved, and sell them anyway. Thus, the civil justice system is paramount in importance as a checks and balance in this system. Ladies and gentlemen, a reminder, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. If a company knows that a device is dangerous and markets it anyway, shouldn't that company be held responsible without regard to whether or not the device was approved by the FDA? The answer is obvious. Of course, they should be accountable. But we don't know if a medical device company is hiding the facts when we have the device inserted into our bodies. In fact, I'm thinking about it, and to the contrary, we know that they're telling us it's safe. And and our doctors rely on this when they use the device in surgery, don't they? We don't find out if a device is dangerous until after somebody gets injured. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's mine. What happened to the days where manufacturers stood behind their products and gave a warranty that the product performs as advertised and and does so safely? The case we're speaking about today is Regal versus Medtronic. It was authored by Justice Scalia in February of 2008 and has widespread implications. The facts are simple. While undergoing an angioplasty, a Medtronic balloon catheter burst in Charles Regal's artery, and it caused a complete heart block, which resulted in severe and permanent injuries. Regal sued Medtronic for the faulty device and for continuing to sell it while they knew it was faulty. The case ruling has its roots, ladies and gentlemen, as something known as federal law preemption. We've talked about it before on this show. In essence, the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution says if state laws conflict with federal laws, the federal laws win. Since all tort lawsuits for defective products arise under state law, Medtronic said, listen, It's preempted, it's prohibited, because the FDA approved the heart catheter. That's how the ruling went. The problem is that there are several realistic, if not legal, problems with this argument. Remember, the FDA only does a cursory review. They don't do independent device testing. This means that oftentimes devices are placed on the market without adequate clinical testing. Another problem is that it overlooks the fact that with time we learn things. If a device has no known side effects when initially uh, approved, we want manufacturers to pay attention. So if symptoms show up and later there's a problem that's discovered, they'll pull it off the market. We'd expect them to stop selling it immediately. But suppose that the device company decides to sell it anyway. Under the preemption analysis, they're completely immune to any lawsuits. So can a company then learn that its product is dangerous? and callously hide behind the fact that it was originally approved for sale? Apparently so. Ladies and gentlemen, a reminder, this is Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. Today we're talking about the uh, Regal versus Medtronic opinion, and we're going to be having a guest coming up soon. We're also going to open up the email e-bag to see what you have to stay, uh, say to me, so stick around for that one. Now, yet another problem is that preemption diminishes the incentive for device companies to monitor and continue to test the devices that have been approved. The civil justice system uncovers these hazards, and it provides incentives for these manufacturers to disclose safety risks promptly. I mean, that's the genesis of this. If we hold their feet to the fire, they're going to act as they're supposed to do. So why then are Congress and the courts now allowing device manufacturers to escape liability for these injuries? 
That's the topic we're tackling today. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's really very simple. Accountability is the key to a modern, functional, civil form of government. And without the police to enforce it, a speed limit on the highways means nothing. And without a judicial remedy for harming others with dangerous products, the hollow promises of medical device companies, frankly, isn't worth the paper that it's written on. It's time to reach into the email bag and see what people have to say. Well, as always, if you have something to say, send it to me at speakup at wyattwrightshow.com. Speak up at wyattwrightshow.com. Today we've got an email from Marcos out in Hondo, Texas, who writes, I've already heard that some people are having problems early voting because of the new voter ID law. Why was this law passed again? Well, Marcos, the claimed logic behind these tougher laws was to eliminate voter fraud. Uh, which was claimed to be such a problem in the U.S. that President Bush ordered the uh, Department of Justice to conduct a five-year nationwide investigation to end voter fraud. And, Marcus, guess how many people were prosecuted during this period for impersonating someone else at the polls? Zero. The fact is that a dozen GOP-controlled states in 2011 passed these laws designed to impede voters getting to the ballot box. It's a widespread, deliberate effort, frankly, to prevent or discourage millions of mostly Democratic voters from from voting, elderly, students, minorities, immigrants, veterans, you name it. If you're worried about winning on the issues, just change the rules, right? Well, that, my friends, is playing dirty pool. Well, it's time to get somebody else involved in the conversation. We've been talking today about a case called uh, Regal versus Medtronic, and our guest joining us today is Joanne Dorishow. She's the executive director of the New York-based Center for Justice and Democracy, a national public interest organization dedicated to educating the public about the importance of the civil justice system. Joanne, thank you for joining us today on the Wyatt Wright Show. Oh, it's great to be here, Wyatt. Well, listen, you know, I want to get into the finer points of this topic, and I know that you've been at the cutting edge of this, but first let me read you a statement from the American Association for Justice, which followed this ruling. Uh, They said, quote, the decision in Regal versus Medtronic limits the rights of people to receive justice through the legal system when they are injured by the negligence or misconduct of others. We believe this ruling seriously misconstrues congressional intent, end quote. Is this an accurate statement? Oh, it's very accurate. Uh, the Supreme Court went way, way out of their way to find or basically to, to eliminate any kind of liability or any kind of lawsuits in these cases. Um, they read into congressional laws and into the congressional record that words that didn't exist in order to, to eliminate liability for these medical device manufacturers. Um, and unfortunately now only Congress can fix this right. problem. Um, but Congress has, has stalled on this mm-hmm. as they have just about everything so else things. going on. So Yeah, and that's always the problem. And the thing that just drives me nuts, and we're talking about giving immunity to those who make devices that we put inside our bodies. Now, I, mm-hmm. I can't think of a single industry I would want more regulated than this, uh, but instead we're removing regulation. Joanne, is it acceptable for a company to, to simply ignore known risks and instead be able to say, King's X, I got the product approved? Well, no. I mean, I think um, we know now, and actually the Institute uh, of Medicine just very recently came out with a new report about how the FDA, the Federal Food and Drug Administration that approves these drugs and devices, is unable to uh, exercise proper oversight over these industries 
particularly in the post-marketing setting. In other words, once a, dr a drug or device gets on the market, it's pretty clear that um, uh, during the course of having the the thing, the product on the market is when more and more information starts coming out about the dangerous right. aspects of it, and it's in, the FDA is simply incapable right. of overseeing tens of thousands of drugs and devices. Only the manufacturers really have this information, and so what um, this Medtronic Supreme Court decision basically said is, when you have a class three medical device, the right. most dangerous kind, like a pacemaker or a heart defibrillator that's implanted, and the manufacturer finds out through post market testing that there are problems, uh, there is absolutely nothing that the patient can do about it. I mean, we've got. Sure. You know, hundreds and thousands of cases of pacemakers failing, of them short-circuiting, right. that defibrillators failing, shocking patients 10, 20 times. Um, and then it becomes sometimes more dangerous to go in back into the heart and remove these things. Right. And so these people are, are now without any remedy whatsoever, thanks to the Supreme Court. Right. And, of course, in, 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 we're in, in that case, we're, we're seeing the aftermath of Regal versus Medtronic. So uh, following that ruling, then, then the pacemaker cases like you were just describing all get thrown out as well. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, and I'm especially thinking of devices, as you mentioned, de designed for the heart, where the chance of comp is just so high. I know that an executive summary in March of 2009 uh, from the Center uh, for Justice and Democracy concluded that some heart devices have been placed on the market without adequate clinical test testing. And then it went on to say that the FDA, of course, is a trouble agency who, who can't oversee it. You were, you were alluding to that, and I'd like to talk about it. When we hear the words Food and Drug Administration, it sounds like a super agency with absolute wisdom. But even if, even if they do it right... Things are going to get missed, aren't they? Oh, of course. I mean, they're never going to get it right 100% of the okay. time. But, you know, the reality is they don't get it right a lot of the time. They have about 11,000 drugs on the market. Sure. that They have limited resources, a limited staff, and they rely on the manufacturers to tell them what's going on with these drugs and devices. Um, and it, it is ultimately the manufacturer's ultimate responsibility. But if they have no liability yeah, for anything they, they do wrong, what kind of responsibility do you think they have? They have none. So and it's the patients that that are losing here. And you know, the FDA just it's an it's it's like many agencies that don't have enough resources and staff to properly do their job. It's not necessarily that they don't have the political will to do it or but some you know some believe that is also the problem because of the uh, revolving door between uh, people in the industry and the then people that right. end up at the FDA but even aside from that it's just impossible there's it's just impossible. too many drugs and devices on the market and of course all that's assuming that the information is fully disclosed them in the first place i mean the FDA isn't acting like consumer reports they're not out there doing their own independent investigation are they uh, or you to know, some they, degree, are they? No, I mean, they're, they're relying on what the manufacturers right. supply to them. Sure. Now, there have been situations where the FDA has been aware of problems, even with heart devices, and has sat on this information, too, and has not done anything. Right. And you can fault the FDA very directly for that, and I think that that, that maybe is a reflection of too cozy a relationship with I industry. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, the the other problem is just, 
they just you know don't have sure. the ability to do any policing so it's a self-policed uh industry for the most part and they we rely on manufacturers that that cut safety corners and They've already got the drug or device on the market, so right, right. It, it's like what is you know there right. isn't a lot of sanction uh, right. there, and uh, if they're not if they're immune from liability, my goodness, sure. um, the strongest um, sanction that you can that they could have is having to pay out financial settlements, and that that's gone. Then really the accountability is gone. Sure, and the leverage disappears now. After the Supreme Court's ruling in Regal versus Medtronic, we are left with a uh, without a civil justice remedy for a dangerous medical device, and only the FDA approval process remains. So even though the FDA may theoretically have the power to remove a device from the market, it doesn't have the power to order the device company to compensate injured patients, does it? That's correct. So now only, only, only litigation can do that. Of course. And if you can't have litigation, then the best you can hope for under this scenario is that if something uh, is harmful, uh, it might get recalled, it might be disapproved. But for the injured victim, he or she is going to be out swinging in the wind. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And, you know, some of these cases are horribly tragic and, you know, have their uh, terrible um, injuries, strokes and heart attacks and people dying. Um, you know, that are young, um, just terrible. And, and the, the right now, these cases are being thrown out of court. I mean, they have no recourse. Just, terrible. Just horrible. As a reminder, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. On this program, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. Now, uh, we're speaking with Joanne Dora Show uh, from the Center for Justice and Democracy. Uh, if the FDA isn't foolproof, then it seems that the better course of action to ensure marketplace accountability is to allow the civil justice system to work. I guess I'm thinking hand in hand with the FDA is sort of some one cog in a bigger machine. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And interestingly enough, the Supreme Court in another decision called Wyeth versus Levine said that very thing. Of course, this was written by another justice, mm -hmm. a, a, a more liberal justice, and they actually upheld the ability for patients to go to court against drug manufacturers in that case, as opposed to the device manufacturers that we've been talking about. But in that decision, the, the court said that there is a long-standing coexistence between what the FDA does and, and traditional state tort laws or, or lawsuits that p people can bring. In fact, it's critical that these two things work together and they're, they're the perfect complement to each other um, because the FDA is unable to properly oversee all the drugs on right. the market. So it's a, it's a central it's a fundamental uh, sort of aspect to proper regulation is that the two things work together, regulation by the government and then the backup, the last line of defense being the civil justice system. Well, that's just it. And, and, and ultimately what it boils down to, uh, no matter whether it's this topic or, or another that we discuss here on the show, I, I think the common theme is accountability or the lack of accountability. And when you remove the, the, the obstacles to accountability, people behave differently. 
differently. Uh, I, I know that uh, when I was uh, a teenager, uh, there were some kids in our school who uh, whose parents were very stern with their curfew and others who said there was a curfew but really didn't enforce it. You could tell immediately uh, which household was the more regulated, uh, and it gets down to accountability. So if we tell these uh, medical device companies that they can't act a certain way, uh, the only way to, to hold them accountable, I think, is to make sure that there's a, 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 a a consequence for failing to act that way. And isn't that what the civil justice system is in many forms? Yes, absolutely. And I think everybody it makes common sense, I think, to everybody listening that, you know, if you don't have that backup, that you don't have that accountability right. uh, through the civil justice system, then companies are going to cut more corners and things are going to be more unsafe. And drugs and devices in particular are going to be marketed uh, without proper testing. And um, this is going to continue to hurt and kill people. Yeah. Now, it's long been the policy of the Supreme Court, uh, and this is what they said, is, is to interpret uh, the 10th Amendment to mean that when they, in, when they interpret a law, they start with this presumption that there's no preemption, and we're talking about preemption today. But the court in this case, uh, Joanne, seemed to go out of their way to find preemption under the law. Now, I read the statute, and I didn't see any language at all that said Congress was expressly preempting states' rights. A- am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. It was the, it was the craziest decision. I mean, they they found they read into a a law that Congress wrote. They read in the, the intent to wipe out state lawsuits. In other words, the functions of local judges and juries. Now, you know, before this case, it was very very unusual. I think maybe once they'd done it before, but for years and years. Uh, the court was not going to do that. They would not find, they would not override a state tort law or what local judges and juries did unless Congress explicitly said, sure. this is what we want to do. We intend that, that only Congress regulate. We intend that there be no state tort suits. But in this case, this Medtronic case, they, they didn't care what Congress said. They found it. They read between the lines. And they decided this is how we're going to interpret this law. And I remember the people, you know, people, senators who were around at the time the law was written got up and said, we didn't, we didn't mean that. Right. That's not what we, that's (laughs) not what we we did. So this, this then became a very results oriented opinion. Uh, you know, one other point that I'd, I'd like to cover, uh, uh, before we run out of time is, is this, it seemed to me that this opinion in a way it talked down to juries because Justice Scalia basically said that this decision was necessary because juries only understand the dangerousness of a product. They don't understand the good that comes from it. And, and I find that a little insulting to the American juror. And, and here's my question. Isn't the whole purpose of, of our Seventh Amendment trial by jury in this country precisely so that they can tell us what is or is not acceptable in society as opposed to a judge's opinion? Yeah, that's exactly the function of the jury. It's been that way since the beginning of our country. And the juries evolve over time. You know, it's not supposed to be, their decisions are not supposed to be black letter law set in stone. They are supposed to resolve based on the community standards sure. of the time. And that's why we have juries um, to make these kinds of decisions. Uh, it should not be Congress. It certainly shouldn't be a, 
a political body making those decisions, but that's what the Supreme Court said, that basically politicians in Congress decided to wipe out lawsuits. And, of course, we don't believe they did, but the Supreme Court decided they did. Yeah. Um, but the jury is a, is really the key here, and they their function is, is completely diminished it's just in this decision here. Yeah, it has. Now, uh, tell me what's going on uh, to to overcome this decision. I mean, what should, what should concerned listeners do if they're interested, and in, in, is there anything afoot? Well, you know, there is this bill called the Medical Device Safety Act, and there are various places this kind of language has come up in different kinds of bills. But I would definitely say that people should contact their member of Congress and say that they support the Medical Device Safety Act, um, that they have to fix this Supreme Court decision that has wiped out the accountability of medical device manufacturers. It's a pretty simple message that I think should get communicated to everybody in Congress right now. Yeah, and and you know this is the I know this is a real dicey time uh, for for politicians. I mean, we're getting ready to go into an election season, but these are the types of issues that are so critical. We see time and time again uh, the, the the rights of, of of citizens just being taken away, and not often enough does it does it make front page stories. And so I want to thank you and I applaud the work that you're doing up there in New York to make sure that this word gets out to everybody. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us today, Joanne. Joanne Dora Show is the executive director of the New York-based Center for Justice and Democracy, a national public interest organization dedicated to educating the public about the importance of the civil justice system. Another thing, ladies and gentlemen, to, to, to know about this particular ruling is that it was an eight-to-one vote with only Justice Ginsburg dissenting, uh, and that who, who knows what the politics are behind that, but it's something to keep in the back of our mind. Uh, when we go through all of the potential topics to discuss here on the show, it's these types of national issues that, that really resonate with us. And we want to make sure that we give our listeners ample opportunity to chime in. Send me an email at speakup at wyattwrightshow.com and let me know what you think. Where the corporations screw up, the public has to shoulder the burden and not the public. Uh, not just the public, but the individuals, too. That doesn't sound right, ladies and gentlemen. Our laws are being pulled apart piece by piece by justices and lawmakers who have forgotten what it means to be a human being. These folks are beholden to the big corporations that support them and put them in office. Rulings and laws that deliberately allow wrongdoers to escape liability is a stain on America. And if we aren't all accountable for our actions, and that includes me and you, also includes mega corporations, then the rule of law will mean very little indeed. Don't let it happen. Our children deserve better. We're going to have to wrap up this show, but as you go through your week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we're to keep our democracy, there must be one commandment. Thou shalt not ration justice. Have a good day, everybody. Come visit us on the web at wyattwrightshow.com. Like us on Facebook or subscribe to our podcast at the iTunes Store. Come back next week. We'll chat again right here on Justice for All, The Wyatt Wright Show. Fight, fight.